Hey everybody, welcome to the second week of the third cup of coffee on the road. And not exactly on the road, uh, actually in our new home. I uh, have been busy moving yesterday, gonna hopefully finish up today, I don't know. But all that to say, no studio equipment set up and podcast is a little rough and ugly today. It has been a crazy, uh, crazy couple of days. We did a couple of days down at Lake of the Ozarks with our kids and uh, just on the water, had a friend, had a cabin down there, uh, kayaks, the whole bit. So much fun. Just good to get away and reset a little bit before we enter into the big move to a new home here in Kansas City and then school starting, however that's going to look. Anyway, over the weekend, Rachel Fa'agutu spoke at our church on the 24th chapter of Matthew, and it is phenomenal. The joy that she has around the idea of the return of Jesus is infectious, as it should be. So let me encourage you to pour that cup of coffee and sit back and enjoy all that Rachel has to say today. Thanks. I, I wanted to introduce myself. My last name is Fa'agutu. And I, uh, my husband and I, Walesse, we have three children and they're teenagers. We have a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 13-year-old. And so you'll see us around. Um, and my kids are all, they, they love worship. And we've put out a couple worship um, albums called Little Songbirds. And um, so I wanted to start my message out today kind of talking about the journey of Little Songbirds. So... And this will tie into our message. Today, if you guys have your Bibles, can you pull your, your Bibles out to Matthew chapter 24? And, uh, and we'll be looking at Matthew 24 today. And, and it's going to be fun. It should be super simple and really clear. And I'm going to try to share as much of my life as possible with you guys so we get to know each other better. I'm still getting to know your names. It's funny when we had our worship time, uh, I put your your Zoom <laughs> username with your face to get to know you guys better. So I'm 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 getting to know you all much better. Um, <clears throat> so when we first moved to Kansas City, uh, it was about 12 or 13 years ago. Uh, my my youngest one, my oldest one was three years old, and my youngest one was just newborn. And uh, we we moved here and. Up till the time that I moved to Kansas City, I had never heard not even one message on the second coming of Jesus. And I didn't know why. I mean, like, I, and I was in ministry. Like, I, uh, I had been in ministry for about 10 years, and then I was raised in church. And I just don't know why it didn't happen, but I, I didn't get any. And maybe there was one when I was a teenager, and, and I, I remember being so scared after the message. I was like, man, I really need to be ready. And, but I didn't have a whole lot of information about it. And so, you know, when I got here, um, we started attending, uh, we, we listened to a lot of Mike Bickle's uh, teachings on that. And I remember for the first couple uh, years, I was stunned, like stunned, because I was hearing things that I had never heard first, uh, never heard in my life. And it wasn't like like uh, it wasn't like really controversial stuff. It was just reading the Bible. I was reading the Bible for the first time, realizing that I could take Jesus at His word. So here I am, and my husband at the time, 
was, uh, we, you know, during the transition, he started, he, he was landscaping. And I, it was the first time in our marriage that I was a stay-at-home mom. And all the stay-at-home moms are like, yes, we know. <laughs> because after working in, the, in, the, in, in full-time ministry and being out of the home, the Lord specifically asked me, I want you to stay in the home and I want you to be with your kids. Um, because I want you to bond with them and I want you to spend time with them. But especially I felt like the Lord was like, I need to teach you some things, Rachel, and I want you to impart it into your children. And so I remember during that season, I was hearing these messages and I was reading Matthew 24. And honestly, if, you know, I was kind of freaked out because as a mother of young children, when I started to read the stuff that was coming down the pike around the second coming of Jesus, it kind of freaked me out. Cause in general, <laughs> my life wasn't easy anyways. So like the baseline wasn't easy. The Lord was stretching my faith. He was growing me as a mom, but anyone who has small children or who has been through that season understands that you feel extra vulnerable when number one, women, we've just had a baby. And number two, families, when all your children are so small, and I was reading in the word, like this hard stuff has come down the pike. And so I had my little, uh, you know, I had a couple years of uh, freak out, honestly, I'm just being total honest, total freak out. And the Holy Spirit was like, Rachel, <laughs> don't panic, pick up your guitar and start singing to me. And so I did, I obeyed the Lord. He said, it was my guitar and times in worship with Jesus has always been the, hey, don't panic, just chill out, okay? And so I pull out my guitar and, and lo and behold, I started writing songs about just simple facts, simple, simple, because I, I think sometimes uh, events surrounding the end of the age can be come so complicated that honestly for me you know if I have to choose between learning how to uh, you know take care of my young kids or like studying things about complicated things about the future I was like I I can't do it all I just need something simple and so the Lord gave me Matthew 24 and the Lord gave me my guitar and he said, sit down and just write some simple songs about the, the nuggets that God was giving me. And so we did, we wrote, um, <clears throat> I wrote the song, Jesus is coming back soon. And if you guys were at the worship time a couple weeks ago, it's the one where the kids ride the horse. It's I'm telling you guys, I'm a rock star with kids on this one because kids, love motions and they love they love hearing the truth which is jesus cares about them jesus knows about them and jesus is coming for them and um and so the song is jesus is coming back soon he's coming down from heaven jesus is coming back soon he's coming to rule the earth simple simple message and so uh wrote the songs, I sing it with my kids. We made up the motions in my own living room when they're, you know, the youngest one is climbing all over me. And, 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 and sooner or later, I had something like 20 or 30 songs just along the lines of it, actually what it was, it was the Lord calming me down <laughs> so that I could, so I could mature in him with a sense of peace, 
a sense of confidence, but mostly a sense of nearness to Jesus. Jesus showed me during that season that he was close to me and that he cared about me and that he cares about pregnant women. He cares about young mothers and fathers. He cares about little children. And um, today, when we read through Matthew 24, I wanted to start with this because we get to see, I don't know if you guys can see in your Bible, but in mine there, you see that? It's all red. It's one of the few sermons in the, you know, in the Bible where it's like just straight Jesus. We get to hear his heart. Like there's only one interjection in there. And that's where the author is saying, hey, readers, pay attention. But everything else is Jesus's words. And so when I was preparing for today and, and every time I read this, I can hear Jesus's heart in this message. And he's saying, I love you so very much. And I care about women and I care about pregnant ladies and I care about young families and, and, fam, uh, and uh, young children. And I don't want you to be afraid and I don't want you to be panicked. And I want you to know that I'm in the middle of everything and I care about you so much that I would tell you ahead of time. And so <clears throat> that brought me great peace. And so, so, you know, I wrote those songs and, 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 one of the, uh, I got to tell you, it, it birthed a ministry that my husband and I never thought that we would ever be a part of, which is children's ministry. Because I don't know if you guys caught this or have caught this in the last couple emails from Randy. Randy has been saying the future is forward. The future is forward. The future is for the next generation, right? And one thing that I noticed is in the word, Jesus in Matthew 24 is sharing this message because he knows it needs to be around for generations to come. He knows it. He knows that we need to share it. And so, so as we were birthed into a, well, birth, I'm going to use this term birth a lot, birth pangs, birth pains, birthing a new age, birth, birth, because when I read as a mother, when I read Matthew 24, I see one theme of the birthing process. And, and that, that's something that is very important as we read this. We need to connect what theme Jesus is using. He could have used any other, he could use farm imagery, he could have used um, a business imagery, but in this sermon in Matthew 24, he's using women, families, and birth, birthing terminology and a birthing theme. And so what are we all looking for when there's going to be a birth? Are we looking for, for, for uh, the pain right before the birth? No, none of us wants to look for that, right? <laughs> we are all hoping to avoid that. But in a birth, from the moment of conception, right? we all rejoice that there will be new life, right? That's, that's why we rejoice is because we know, wow, God has been so good that he has given us new life in this womb. And although this woman's body is going to go through every type of chemical um, maybe not chemical, hormonal change, physical change, all the women out there, can, can you say amen? Amen. 
you know? And we grow, I mean, I can't believe how big I grew, you know, with my babies, how much I could, my body could expand. And then, and then we retain water and then we, we feel pains we never felt before. <laughs> and then, you know, and we're preparing and, and especially towards the end, what are we getting ready for? The doctor says, pack your bag, have it ready, so that at any moment after a certain time, you're ready to go to the hospital. And do they say, you're ready to, to go to the hospital and experience the most treacherous pain of your whole life? No, they don't say that. What we say is you're ready to go to the hospital or you're ready to go into labor so that you can birth this beautiful baby. The focus is on this beautiful baby. And to wrap it all around, if we look at Matthew chapter 24, that's what Jesus is saying. So listen, in these, first of all, let's read in Matthew ch chapter 24, um, verse three, okay? And um, we'll start there. And it says, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Okay, I want to back up really fast to verse one because it sets it up a little bit better. So let's read verse one to verse three. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked. Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Verse 3, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And so what we see here right now in this scripture is that Jesus, in Jewish thinking, in Jewish thinking, all Jews are looking for a day of resurrection. They're looking towards it. It's something that's, that's in their culture. It's in the scriptures. So they know that the current age that we are all living in, is gro it's groaning and growing and changing so as to birth another age a better age. And this is something that's inherent in these disciples' minds. Now, I want, to see, I want to kind of point to where Jesus is and who Jesus is talking to, okay? So we see that Jesus and the, Jesus and the disciples are right there in Jerusalem. How many of you guys have traveled to Israel? I've, awesome! I've had the awesome honor of going. I went once when I was pregnant with my youngest one in the Mount of Olives. You can see it right there um, from, from Jerusalem. It's all very, very close, but where Jesus, Jewish man, is talking to his disciples in and around Jerusalem, around the temple, okay? And so, and we gotta, we gotta realize, too, with these young Jewish men, Jesus is going to, now, when I say young, I want you guys to think about Zion Boland. You guys know him? Okay, when I was thinking about, like, man, what, it's a 20-year-old, 20-year-old young man, uh, maybe we could go a little bit younger to 16 and 17 year olds. I mean, that's how young these disciples were. I don't think any of them understood birth. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Like, I don't think they understood with that culture. I don't think they understood the process of being with a wife, 
getting pregnant, birthing that baby and everything that goes through it. So Jesus kind of in a way as their leader is saying, if you want to understand the most important day that you're asking about, you're going to have to have care, empathy, and love for the female frame and know that through the process of birthing a new generation after new generation, he's, you're going to have to know that I want to communicate through the frame of the woman and through the birthing process. Okay. So purposely, I think Jesus is setting these guys up to be great husbands. Amen. Like Jesus is a leader who cares about family and he cares about women and he cares about babies. He's that amazing of a guy. And so they're in Jerusalem and these guys are young and he starts talking and he's going to give them an answer. This is another thing I love about Jesus is that Jesus, when you ask him a question, he'll give you an answer. And I felt like the Holy Spirit really wanted to encourage our church today. Ask Jesus questions <laughs> because he wants to give you answers. I mean, what would have happened if these guys were bold enough to ask? We, we might not even have it to read right now. Like, but I felt like even in the beginning of this COVID season, personally for me, I felt like the Lord was like, Rachel, me and you, we're going to sit down and I want you to ask me questions that you haven't asked me because either you were scared to ask me or you were scared that you weren't going to get an answer. And let me tell you what, that's the beginning of intimacy. That's how we know that these <laughs> disciples had a intimate friendship with Jesus. And, and Jesus wants that with us. Ask him questions. If you're ever wondering about stuff, especially with the end of the age, just ask Jesus. I'm telling you, he'll give you answers to your questions in the language of your heart that you'll be able to confirm with scripture. But not only that, he's the prince of peace. So when he speaks, he imparts peace to our souls. And that's what we need right now. We need peace. He doesn't want us to panic. Okay. Praise God. Okay, let's move on. And so he, he tells them, verse four, let's go right there. Jesus answered, number one, watch out that no one deceives you for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. And so what I did in, in my Bible, because I have a propensity to be, oh, my, my husband makes fun of me, but I get over alarmed over almost nothing. <laughs> like, ah! And, um, and, but Jesus is saying, I, I don't want you. I don't want to, in some versions, it says, don't panic. I looked at, uh, in other versions. Um, and how many times have we heard Jesus say in the Bible, do not fear. It does the world know, it doesn't do the world any good when believers are panicked. Does that make sense? We're the ones with the shoes of the gospel of peace. We're the ones with allegiance to the Prince of Peace. And I really believe that God, I know for me during this last six, seven months, the Lord has helped me to practice peace. Do not panic. It's my choice whether or not I'm going to panic. And so, uh, but see to it that you are not alarmed. And let's go to the next phrase in verse six. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. So I'm asking you, why must they happen? Well, it's the same thing. Let's go back to our labor, our labor pains and birthing of a child. You know, when you go in to learn about 
you know, having a baby, especially when you're pregnant, they say from, from in the first trimester, from this month to month three, these things must happen. They must. Why must they? So that the baby can grow and so that the birthing will come. Does this make sense? And so there are certain things, and Jesus is saying, okay, these things must happen. These deceptions, these wars and rumors of wars. And, but I don't want you to be alarmed. They have to still, ha they, ha they must happen. Because we're, we're, he's saying, we're on track now. We're like, you know, I'm not saying exactly nine months. I'm not, please don't hear me saying that this is all going to happen in nine months. I'm just drawing a parallel. Out of the nine months, the first three months, these things must happen. Second trimester, these, and you know, the last trimester, these things must happen. And so, so he says, such things must happen, but everybody say, but, or circle it, but the end is still to come. So what Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you time markers because I know that with I want to give you as much detail as I possibly can so that you can be ready and that you can maintain your peace, but the end is still to come. So yeah, so for me in my first trimester, you know, I'm, I, I actually got quite emotion, a lot of sickness, <laughs> nausea, lots of nausea, but because I knew that this is normal for ladies to get nausea, it didn't scare me because I thought, you know what? After the first trimester is the second trimester and the nausea should go away. And sure enough, it did. You get, you get kind of what the Lord's doing here. Okay. So that, uh, you know, I'm going to just leave the, you know, the details about <laughs> deception. I'm going to just kind of take Jesus at his word. If he sees, says people will try to deceive you, just, okay, there's going to be people will try to deceive me. And then there's going to be a lot of false messiahs. Uh, I am Messiah. Okay. Got it. Got it. So let's move forward. Okay. So um, then verse seven, ready? Nations will rise again, oh, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And then Jesus gives another marker in verse eight. All of these are the beginnings of the birth pains. And so that word birth pains kind of stood out to me because, you know, when you're, when you first get pregnant, it's, I mean, it's, it's not too much pain. I didn't experience too much pain, but let me tell you what, when you start getting big, when that belly starts getting big and you start to see these, these, uh, stretch marks appearing and, and women, we start to waddle, you know, and it's like, wow, like this thing, this baby, this age to come, you know, is really affecting my center of gravity. Whoa, you know, everything starts to waddle. And Jesus said, okay, that's where, that's the trajectory we're going on here. Okay, now let's go to verse nine. So we see a line of demarcation at verse eight. And, and then let's go to verse nine. Then, you, you notice how the Lord uses then and then and then he's saying things in order. I really believe because he's trying to be really simple. He's not like telling these young teenage boys at Jerusalem, a bunch of theological stuff. So they get confused. They asked a simple question. They want to know when the end of the ages. So I really believe that Jesus as their 
big brother, as their discipler, as their mentor, as their Messiah, as their leader. He's, I, I, this is so simple. When Jesus says, then I take it as then. And I really think that we can all take it as then. And notice that this whole passage of scripture is right. It's in, it's consecutive. It's in, in chronological order. Okay. So then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved and this is the gospel oh and i'm sorry verse 14 and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations okay comma and then the end will come do you see the thens and then and then the end will come okay and so we want to look at this and and i kind of like in my mind what i see verses 9 through 14 is it looks like the last trimester to me. It's like, okay, this thing is getting big. We're feeling birth pangs, but the baby, the, 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 the old age is still has to get shaken up a little bit. And, and the new, the, the, the new age is coming, uh, you know, but we, st we still need to go through some necessary things before the baby is here, but we're all looking for the baby. And I'm telling you what, in this third trimester, this is when you can start feeling the kid, the baby inside your womb kick. You know, like for me with Walesi and I, I mean, there would be times when I'm trying to fall asleep, you know, in month eight and the baby just starts to, rah, you know, in the womb and you can see their little limbs poking out, you know, and that little, that little life who is alive, but we haven't seen it yet start to, whoa, and the father, Walesi would enjoy it. And he would, he would speak to that baby and say, I love you. And, and you know, the, it's really cool at this time, the babies can actually respond too. I mean, it's just so beautiful. And Jesus is saying, you asked me a question, when is the, this age ending and the new next age, when is that one coming? And Jesus is kind of pointing to the rejoicing that will be the, the, the most awesome. The day of the Lord will be the most awesome day for the saints, for the ones, the cloud of witnesses. And it will be the day of the gladness of Jesus's heart. He's been waiting for thousands of years for this new age. He, there's no one more happy about him coming back than him. You see what I mean? And so I just want to encourage you guys as we're studying the transition between the two ages, remember, it's all about the baby. It's all about the baby. It's about what's to come. And so, you know, we can expect age. And what are the signs of the coming age? Healing, revival, uh, uh, massive, massive harvest and salvation, people's eyes being opened to the spirit, you know? And so anyways, I'll keep on going. You guys still there with me? Okay. Awesome. Okay. So now let's go to verse. 
He says, and then the end will come. We'll go to verse 15 and then we'll wrap this up after this paragraph, okay? So when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation as, as spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. That's where the narrator, kind of, the guy who's writing, injects that. Verse 16, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. So let's just look at that one chunk from verses 15 through 20. And I actually believe see this abomination that causes desolation in the temple in Jerusalem that we can actually start timing the contracts makes sense so when this happens when we see this from around the world and it's going to happen in jerusalem this one we start timing the contractions and so we all know that when we start timing the contractions as church and as the lord's body on the earth we need to be ready we we should have been at lama's uh classes already that's what covid was maybe covid19 was lama's classes for us you know okay when we feel pressure we breathe and we breathe and we breathe right and so when we see this now it's important for us as americans to realize that this is all happening in jerusalem and judea so i really believe and i'm gonna i'm gonna put this out there i think we should take these at his word when he says um he says in judea when you see this thing go down the abomination of desolation in the temple, then what, and, and for, for those of us, because I don't have time to go through it, but it, you can look in the, uh, in, in the book of Daniel, and what's going to happen is the Antichrist will stand up and command everybody to worship him. But basically, that's what's going to happen. And so we're going to have this leader, he's going into this religious temple, and he's going to stand up. Uh, and you know what I think is it's, it's the temple in Jerusalem. He's going to go in there and just say, everybody has to worship me, okay? And so when they see that, everyone in Judea, this is really important because this has been as sometimes puts panic in me. It's like, oh, like when I see that, I need to run to some hills like in America. And I don't know, I don't, I don't have details about the future, but I do think we should mark Jesus's words and we're going to see a massive flight of Jews from this town into the mountains in Judea. That's what needs to happen during that time, okay? And so Jesus is saying, and this is his beautiful heart for nursing mothers, women, for families, for young families. He's giving a heads up. He's saying, pray. There's a couple things that if you want to be a part of everything that day, and when I read this, this part of scripture in verse 19 and verse 20, he says how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. 
Pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or on the Sabbath. And so Jesus is saying, you know what? Actually, every generation has had the opportunity and the invitation to be a part of this time period by praying for the time period still yet come. I think this is so beautiful that Jesus would give a heads up for those of us who are you know, women, babies. You know, I think of my daughter, maybe my grandchildren, and I actually pray this prayer for them. I don't know if they're going to be living in Jerusalem, but I do pray because Jesus said I could, and that it would affect the events that are still yet to come, okay? All right, let's move forward. 14, it says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And I know that there's some people in this church, that's your life vision, is to see the gospel being preached to the whole earth, because I've heard you share testimonies. And the Lord, I also want to say the Lord honors your work, because the, the work of preaching the gospel to every nation is the main time marker. When all the nations hear the gospel, that it says, then the end will come. Okay, so verse 22, let's read, read forward. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. So, you know, we, I know movies make fun of this, but it's like, it, this is kind of like when the baby's head is crowning, okay? And when you start seeing the lady at the, at the end of uh, this, this act of labor, and she, you, know, the, you know, in movies they make fun of it, but she, she looks at the father and she's like, I hate you, you know? Or she's squeezing his hand so hard that it's gonna break, ah! you know? And, and Jesus is saying, this pain is so intense, but it's not forever. Isn't that awesome? God's like, it is not forever. And I, Jesus himself says, I will cut the pain short because it does not do any good or glorify Jesus that, look what he says, that no one would survive. That is not God's heart, okay? But look at, Jesus gives us a huge hint of why. He says, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. There will be a people, and there are people that Jesus is so in love with that have responded and they said yes to him and they said yes to his blood and they received his salvation and then there's also his family his jewish family that he loves so so dearly and he says i will cut this short for the sake of my elect okay verse 23 at the time at the time if anyone says to you this is kind of like the final the final like heads up at that time if anyone says to you look here is the messiah or there he is do not believe it for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders and or to deceive if possible even the elect see i have told you ahead of time and so what we tell the kids all the time this is why we say jesus is coming soon he's coming back soon where's he coming from kids he's coming down from heaven let's look at verse 26 matthew 24 verse 26 so if anyone tells you there he is out in the wilderness don't go out don't or here he is 
in these inner rooms. Don't believe it. And watch, this is how beautiful Jesus is because in this, what I see is Jesus cares about the poor, the, the people who are not elite, who don't have money to travel to some wilderness somewhere where there's this Messiah coming. No, Jesus says, you don't have to actually pay for a ticket to this. You all get to see it. This is free admission. The whole earth will see this. In verse 27, for as lightning that comes from the east is visible, even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will shake, be shaken. And then verse 30, finally, <laughs> finally, the baby is crowned you know, and we have that final push, boom, and the baby is here, the new age is here, verse 30, then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and all, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather the elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. And so what we see is this, this is it. The baby's there. Jesus shows up and the new, the, he is the beginning of the age that we call, we call it the age to come. That's it. That's the day of the Lord. Lord and the baby's here and everything absolutely everything changes once Jesus gets back on this earth and and there's so many teachings about what's going to happen after that but what I want to leave with you this morning is first of all that Jesus is such a kind gentle master he is a beautiful savior savior and he says right there in his own words I want to tell you guys this because I don't want you to be alarmed. I don't want you to be scared, but I do want you to be ready. And I want you to know what signs to look for so that you can watch for the day when I come. Because I want you to know you need to be confident that I love you so much that I would tell you everything ahead of time because I want to walk close to you. I want to be near to you. And I want you to sense my care for you, for your family, for your children, for your children's children. Jesus is in this for the long haul, church. And, and if there's anything that I could encourage you with today as I close, is that he wants us to know. He told us very plainly, and he wants us to be full of peace, full of confidence in his love, and watching for the baby, watching for the age to come. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Most of the teachings on this podcast come from a Zoom teaching that I do on Sunday mornings. We also do prayer meetings throughout the week. If you'd like to join us, go to zoefoundationkc.com. That's Zoe, Z-O-E, foundationkc.com. Sign up for the email, which will get you the links to join us for prayer on Zoom. Glad to have you today. Have a good one.